I mean, it's, it's, it's never a good feeling to feel like the day you leave your house is the day you could die. You know, and, you know, having that being... Wait, one, one sec, sorry that I interrupt, but is, is that a, a thought that you would have before leaving the house? Welcome listeners, I am Fritz and this is America on the Fritz, my podcast about the America of today. During the episodes, I speak to Americans in an attempt to understand this ailing yet fascinating country a little bit better. And you have joined this discovery journey. Time now for episode two. In this episode, I speak with Aaron. Aaron is a 21-year-old musician in New York City. He grew up in Brooklyn. And I want to say straight away, he is a very interesting character. When we first met, he was sitting in a park in Manhattan, hanging out with his friend Malcolm. A few weeks later, Aaron invited me to meet him in the neighborhood he grew up in. A neighborhood deep in Brooklyn, New York. There, we sat on a bench in front of the social housing project of his childhood and youth. And we talked about how it was and what it means to grow up there. And pretty quickly, we literally bumped into something quite special. That something really made an impression on me. It was such a big deal for me, actually, that it made me go back and talk to Aaron once more after that. But one thing at a time. Let's dive right into my conversation with Aaron right now. Aaron from Brooklyn, ladies and gentlemen, a very eloquent and smart young man. So here we go. And like with every episode of America on the Fritz, learn a bit more about what's up with America one episode at a time. Hello, Aaron. Looking backwards. Very good to see you. How are you? Good, you? Likewise. Nice glasses. Thank you. Is that those last ones? I think so. Oh. It's nice to see you again, Aaron. Likewise. Nice to see you too. Can you just uh, say where we met and what neighborhood we're in? Sure. So you just got off the train at Halsey Street. We're currently in Bedford-Stuyvesant. So this is New York City Department Housing Authorities. They build these developments for originally veterinarians, not, not veterinarians, veterans, sorry. <laughs> that's, you know, that's it's funny. two very different things. Yeah, two very different things. Sorry, my brain is still probably in my bed sleeping. Um, for vets, later on, the, these units eventually just became subsidized. So these apartment buildings have hundreds of units. Uh, and then yeah. drugs were a, a big, a really big problem in this community. What kind of drugs? Uh, crack cocaine, marijuana. Uh -huh. um, should, and should we sit on that bench for Yeah, for we can sit here. It's funny, as we approach this bench, there's actually a tombstone oh, yeah. here of a, I believe he was a teenager who, got ki who was killed. That's August 19th, 1999. Uh-huh. Uh, I well, was just three he, years old. He, and he was only time. 11 years old. Yeah. Do so you know? th these are like the things you grow, I, I grew up around. So at that age of just three, I mean, I remember my mom and my family, you know, it was a, it was a really big thing that a lot of people were talking about. And, and do, do you know what happened and why he died? Well, I, it was a crossfire. He was shot, it, the bullet wasn't meant for him, which happens quite too often. But the psychological, effect that it's had on me is three years old uh, this is like bizarre it should never happen but to me that's when deaths became desensitized probably we'd have more than four or five people killed 
each and every summer. Really? Um, oh yeah. And in as in in the in the apartment block with, with, within the neighborhood, shootings, wow. gun uh, gun violence is it's really incredible. Wow. Um, Four to five per summer. And that's like probably an understatement. And that's not even counting the fall, the spring, and the right and exactly. the winter. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, Jesus. So, for me, like growing up, with just having the knowledge that someone that lived in the same building as I do was shot by accident, every time it doesn't happen to you, is literally like your brain saying, "Oh, I made it through, so it's not that bad." Um, becomes it comes becomes literally part of the core of everyday yeah, life. Exactly. So, I mean, it's 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 never a good feeling to feel like the day you leave your house is the day you could die. You know, and, and you know, having that being wait one one sec. Sorry that, that I interrupt, but is is that a, a thought that you would have before leaving the house? Well, one thing our parents would always tell us is to be careful, yeah. to be watchful. Yeah, yeah. If you see anything that doesn't look right. Follow your gut. If you see a big crowd of guys don't seem like they're up to like they're up to no good, don't walk that way. You know, so yeah, that's like the underlining tone of your daily life here. Mm-hmm. And this is why we call it the hood. It's literally it could be your last day for you know some kind of cause that you have no direct link to. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on, listeners. This is what I meant earlier when I said that we quite literally bumped into something special. And that was the tombstone of that 11-year-old kid, killed in a crossfire, when Aaron was only three years old. I mean, I don't know where you grew up, but this part of my conversation with Aaron really hit me. Basically, what he's saying here is that one of his first memories, if not the very first memory in his life ever, the first thing you remember is a boy in your neighborhood being shot and killed in a crossfire. That is pretty freaking crazy. I mean, that is so very far away from the reality that I grew up in, in that safe little cozy neighborhood outside of the city of Bremen in Germany. So while I was editing and mixing this episode, I realized I wanted to know more from Aaron about this incident. So I called Aaron and asked him my questions. Hello. Hey, Aaron. It's Fritz. Hey, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks so much for for taking the time to um, to talk to me again about our conversation that we had a couple of weeks back. It's my pleasure. I remember you saying during our conversation that 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 incident with the 11 year old boy in the same uh, in the same apartment block being killed in a crossfire was actually one of your first memories ever is that, is that did i understand that correctly yeah i mean in, in terms of violence and within the neighborhood and i mean i mean it being my building complex in which i lived it was it was it was my first exposure to um gun violence in the neighborhood and right. gun violence wasn't wasn't new but it it but it, it was the first time it you know what i really really questioned you know this actually could have been me you know, it could have been any one of my cousins or my family members. Right, right. right. Um, so because because you you were three years old at the time, right? Right, I was really young. So I mean, yeah. For, you know, for me, it it it, it wasn't. Um, you know, just thinking back to it, it 
it was more so an outcry of you know not you know not personally but my I I recall like my mom and my aunts and my uncles and everyone in the building mm-hmm. complex they were all you know they we we couldn't believe it because um like I said gun gun violence wasn't new when I was 3 years old mm-hmm. um, however it you know when whenever it's a child involved uh, people since uh, uh they seem to have more uh, right. uh sympathy to the mm-hmm. to the situation we uh, we in in a community where where it's gang violence and you know we become desensitized to it so i you know, i feel the reason why this was such an an outcry was because it was a child yeah you know, and had it not been a child sally you know sally to say it could have just been a, you know, another another day in brooklyn because you know someone getting shot wasn't new it really wasn't new yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, with, yeah, when right, a right. child you know it's a bit of like oh my god like this is yeah, this could have yeah. been my child and you know, I I think I think it's more so human nature. We just tend to have more sympathy to right, right, children right, right. because of their innocence, and you know, we 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 relate to children more than we do adults most exactly, of the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you Would you mind taking me back to to the day itself, or or to maybe you know to those days um, when when it happened? I I didn't really have a an, an initial reaction to it because you know at at, at first. It was just, mm. you know, I, I knew it was something bad. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just three years old at the time, and you know, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing that was happening. But I really was detached. I didn't cry about it. I, I didn't feel devastated. I didn't know what to feel actually. So for me, hearing oh someone got shot and killed was mm. pretty much regular. You know, I mean, it's mm. not, it wasn't every day someone was getting shot, but there was, it was there, there's a few incidents. You know, I, mm. you know, there should never be a day anyone's getting shot for or gun or gun or gang violence you know but coming from this neighborhood du- during that time um it it was more common and did you know the kid or or did for example your your brothers and sisters or cousins know the kid my, was there any yeah no my family they 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 knew the kid yeah we I mean, we were pretty all close in the complex you know the complex is uh, 16 floors um, yeah, bunch of apartment units, and you know we were all pretty much acquainted with each other. I was wondering what what like what happened afterward. Is this something that um, you would maybe also talk about at school? Um, is was there any sort of either in the family or sort of community based um, way to to process this? Um, for a while, um, you know, I, I believe most of the outcry was on a um, parental level so mm-hmm, you know this mm-hmm. is like you know this is my son and it could have been your son um, right you know so just really speaking speaking against gun and gang violence you know we've had um, activists in the community for years you know we, we weren't all just ex- accepting of, uh, of it yeah, um, yeah. you know so uh, there is a lot of activism and speaking against gun and gay violence but you know it's more so a culture and, and culture yeah. is hard to break. It's hard to break when that's literally all someone knew from a child. This was an, an incident that sparked sort of new energy in in, mm-hmm. in activism against sure. that. that yeah, okay. No, you know, I, actually, I feel there are many people out there who are fighting against injustice, who are fighting against mm. crime, who are fighting against gun mm. violence. You know, but um, I I think what also plays a large part in our in, in our perception of what's possible and what we're capable of fighting against is the media you know so media is quicker to show um the 11 year old shot and you know these are the people who did it and these are the perpetrators and 
you know, they must be sent to prison, which I totally mm. agree. Um, mm. However, what they don't show enough of, of is the people who are fighting against it every day. Everyone in the, around us was victim. You know, we 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 could have been we could have been shot that day. You know, so yeah. we ask ourselves, you know, what do we do about it? And if you're seeing the same thing happening every day on television, it, you know, you ask yourself, well, there are people out there, you know, are who who are who are speaking out against it, but is is it doing? Is it worth it? You know, is it worthwhile? Like, will this ever yeah. change? And are you saying that it, when the, when that is not reported about in the media, then the 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 general energy about mm -hmm. that being worthwhile pursuing is is less? I, I yes, I believe so because you know you ask yourself, you know, what what do, what do we profit? Do, do are there any reformations made? You know, are people changing yeah. because of it? So if we if we're just viewing it on television that everyone's getting shot day by day, but then you don't see anyone doing anything about it, and the people you know or you heard of, you know, and there, there's you know there's no change. Um, you gotta get, you kind of get discouraged. So But what you're saying is, is that it is happening though. The activism it is happening. and the right. I mean, I you know, at first hand, you know, my aunt. Um, yeah. In what ways? Like, in what concrete? What concretely would 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 happen after an incident like that, or more structurally, also after? In terms of activism. And... Right. So you'd have a, a a couple of rallies. So these, you know, it'll be maybe okay. a, like a rally um, at a school uh, or mm. at a community center um and it'll just be to raise awareness of this isn't yeah. right like not like as much as it happens as much as we're desensitized to it it isn't right you know you right. know and i think that's important for the human psyche we i mean it's sad sad to say you have to remind yourself that someone being shot and killed is not okay you know so yeah. <laughs> to have to put down a signpost and say this is not the direction we want to take right right you know right. It, it, it sounds like something something that should be common sense You know, basic mm -hmm. humanity, but things are a lot more complicated than that in America. Mm -hmm. And um, did anything like that happen again after, like in the years after? Um, I mean, there's there's several incidents of of people getting killed in crossfires, you know, for, uh, by yeah. bullets that that weren't initially meant for them. You know, this right, happens right. pretty often. It's not just a one-time thing. You know, you know, I I think it's it's we're doing a lot better. Um, things are changing um, socially, you know, from mm -hmm. from back then and up to now. Now you have a lot of different, a lot of, a lot of different factors that are shaping that. You know, a lot of people, a lot more people are in are getting educations now. A lot more people are working. You know, so the social conscience is, you know, I believe it's 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 a, little, a lot different than than back then. I see. So, so today there is less gang violence and shooting incidents, um, at least the perception from from your perception than back in the days. Correct. When you think when you think back to that day and that week of this incident, that period of time, this this like early memory of gang violence, of well, you know, of death being very close by. How does that make you feel today? Like, um, you know, I feel like. It, you you develop this uh, mental state of uh, of strength, actually. You know, because you 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 kind of feel resilient in a way. Um, that because there's you feel like you made it out of something that you shouldn't have had to go through. You know, so it's it's very much uh, rewarding to say that you that you. I mean, and it's a colloquial term, you know, you, I made it out of the hood or you made it out of something that was oppressing you. Um, yeah. 
and that's a good feeling. You know, it's a good feeling because I could have been influenced by any one of those negative um, lifestyles or or, or anyone's uh, negative take on you know how one should live. And yeah. being that I grew up in in that environment, very close to these kind of people, um, yeah, you know, it could have been me. And I honestly, yeah. you know, had it not had the family I had and the support system, um, you know, it it very much could have been me. So yes, it's 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 rewarding to know that. So it's a positive. I, it's a it's a positive feeling. It's a positive memory. It's definitely positive. It's definitely positive. Interesting. Uh, you know, and I feel like you can you can <laughs> hey you can learn it. There's good and bad in every situation. Um, right. You know, but it's it, it's it's definitely a matter of perception. Interesting. So you drew you drew a lot of strength from that. You it it really shaped your early um your early perception of the world around you and and looking back now you you draw strength from that. Right. Thank you, Aaron, for for this uh, extra bit of information um, about about this incident and what it meant for the community. Um, it was really one of the one of those points from our conversation that that uh, I kept coming back to uh, in my own head and and while editing and mixing. So I'm really glad that I got to ask a few more questions about that. Um, so I, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Anytime. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, take care, Aaron. Thank you. All right, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Listeners, Fritz here again. That was my conversation with Aaron, or rather the two conversations that I had with Aaron. And Aaron says a couple of things in these conversations that I find important to quickly consider. There is his pretty casual description of gun and gang violence in the neighborhood that he grew up in, in Brooklyn, New York. It has become much better, he says. He's seeing less of that kind of stuff happening in the community these days. But still, a couple of people getting shot every summer... That is a reality? Wow. Now, one thing I found striking was that when he thinks back, and when I ask him how the whole incident with the 11-year-old getting shot in a crossfire makes him feel today, he says that is a positive memory. Now, that is weird, right? One of your first memories being that a neighborhood kid gets shot, and you label that a positive memory? Well, I guess, you know, maybe that's just me with my perspective not really understanding what he means, what he means when he says that it could have been him every day when leaving the house, but that it wasn't him, so he survived, and surviving is a good feeling. I suppose I do get it now a little bit, but again, far away from my reality. Lastly, I want to point out what Aaron mentioned about the media in relation to these kinds of incidents. And I think we can really all learn from what he said. Gang and gun violence, someone shot and killed again because of gangs and guns. Obviously, that is newsworthy. Every life lost like that should be reported. But what about what happened after? How the community reacts? The outcry by the parents, by the friends and family? The rallies and community meetings? If that goes unreported and you don't see any change after an incident like that, or at least no change that is reported, that is a discouragement. People then feel like nothing ever changes for the better, both within the community, for the people that live there, but also to the outside, to people like you and me. Only seeing one side of the story on TV or in the papers, that is a one-sided impression. 
And that's what Aaron is pointing out here. And he told me that together with his aunt, he's actually trying to do something about it. He's running a local organization next to his music career. With that organization, they provide a platform where community members can meet with representatives of law enforcement and local politicians. In that framework, community members can voice their concerns and questions and a dialogue can take place. Aaron told me that they have seen some great results in the past almost eight years since his aunt founded the organization. Before I let you go, listeners, I have one quick recommendation. What Aaron said about the media, if you're interested to get a critical perspective on the media and how it is reporting these days, check out a podcast called On The Media. They do incredible work and the podcast is awesome as a whole. Go check it out. America on the Fritz is produced by E. Weiss. Special thanks to the amazing Lawrence Hibley for the artwork. Check americaonthefritz.com for background stories and photos. For example, of Aaron and myself sitting on the bench in front of the housing project that he grew up in. And send me your questions and comments if you like. That's info at americaonthefritz.com. You can also use that email address to send me gifts, flowers, and requests for ad space and sponsorships doing my episodes. And make sure to subscribe to America on the Fritz wherever you get your podcasts, so that you automatically get the next episode. Again, it will be quite a different conversation. This time, a conversation about the education system in America and what's wrong with it at the moment. Schools that we have today are more segregated and more unequal than they were um, during those landmark years of the civil rights movement. That's a shocking fact. And that's not just America's problem with education. That, that A lot of people would argue that's America's problem, full stop. This is it for today, listeners. I am Fritz, and this was America on the Fritz. I'll speak to you next time again. Until then, take care. Bye.